Welcome to Cancer and You, with psychotherapist and writer Karen Seeger, who has also been diagnosed with breast cancer twice. The program is for everybody affected by cancer, whether you are the one with the illness, family, a friend, colleague, or healthcare professional. Karen talks about the emotional and mental impact of cancer and how to cope. She records her shows on her orange houseboat on the River Thames in the UK. Please note that Cancer and You does not provide medical advice. And now over to your show host, Karen Seeger. Hello and welcome to Cancer and You with me, Karen Seeger. 20 minutes of down-to-earth talk and support with the emotional and mental impact of cancer. I'm a psychotherapist and writer. I have been diagnosed with breast cancer twice and today I would like to talk about cancer anxiety. About the cancer we don't know whether we have, about the cancer we know we have but we don't know what's happening with it, about the cancer that we might have had and we are worried whether it's coming back. Indeed, you might not be the one with the cancer, you might be a family, relative, a friend, a colleague, or you might be a healthcare professional. You may also be affected by cancer anxiety, because if cancer happens in your family or circle of friends, if you're dealing with it at work, it will affect you. It will affect the way you feel about your work and about life. I thought it might be helpful to start off with by talking about anxiety more in general. I don't know about you, you may have experienced different types of anxiety throughout your life. I certainly have. Anything from a mild niggling, a worry, something that I can't shake off, something that comes back that might threaten to overtake my thinking and the way I feel, something that makes the heart race faster, that makes us wake up at night in a cold sweat or not, something that is really big, something that we can do something about and something that we may find we have no control over, that we are the victim of. Anxiety can happen on a whole spectrum there's nothing right or wrong about it. It is what it is. It can happen to all of us. And often we are afraid of it. If you don't know much about it, and perhaps you have witnessed people getting panic attacks or people behaving in ways due to their fear, which might have frightened you, then you might have been influenced with regards to how you feel about anxiety. It's not a nice feeling to have, it's a natural feeling to have, but it can also get out of control. Anxiety can keep us on our toes. It may tell us perhaps that something is wrong, something needs to be addressed, something needs to be taken care of. Now, with cancer anxiety, it's a bit like with health anxiety in general. It's a very fine dividing line between justified anxiety, overreacting type of anxiety, an alertness which we may need to have because of our cancer history in our family or uh, in our own bodies. Um, it is 
as I said, a very fine dividing line, and it's not easy to get this right. Indeed, I'm not sure whether there is a right. I think we can only do the best that we can, and sometimes we have to reach out for help. If you experience cancer anxiety at the moment, if that is a topic that is affecting your life, then I hope in today's program I can share some useful information and tips with you. I thought today I'm going to be a bit more personal than perhaps in the other programs, because I guess I might have also picked cancer anxiety today for today's recording because I'm going through it right now. Well, I've been going through it ever since I was first diagnosed with breast cancer in 2012. But it's more pronounced at the moment because I have a checkup, an ultrasound coming up in three days' time. And I can feel myself getting more anxious about it. I think about it a lot more and I can feel more stressed. It affects the way I breathe. It makes me a lot more tense in my body. I can get a bit more irritable. I have difficulty sleeping. It's nothing new for me. I've been here many times and I don't know what life holds. I probably will be here many times more in the future. In some ways, I hope I won't, but in other ways, I hope I will, because if I don't, um, it could also be because I might be dead. Sorry to be blunt, but when you deal with cancer, that's always on the cards. Um, you be, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. You can't win. We can't get this right because it's out of our control. And because so much is out of our control, I always find it helpful to break down the anxiety that I feel. Why am I worried? Well, obviously I'm worried in terms of what the scan may show. But I'm also worried about going through the scan itself. And then I'm worried about re-experiencing the environment in the hospital where I was treated. I'm also worried and concerned about meeting uh, medical professionals because I always feel in those moments I go into a vulnerability mode. I'm not as confident and as quick thinking as I usually am. And so I'm worried whether I can think of all the right questions to ask, even though often I write things down. I don't, some, I don't always refer to my list because I also want to be a good patient. I don't want to take up too much valuable time. The waiting room is full of others. Things like that. It will be familiar to you. Now, we also talk about scan anxiety. And there are many different types of scans. You might have experienced a whole range of them. CT, MRI, PET, ultrasound, different parts of our body will be scanned. That involves different preparation regimes from nil by mouth 
hours before, um, drinking lots of water, being injected with a dye or not, um, then we have to be careful whether we are allergic to some of those things. It's never easy and straightforward. Now, of all of those, you may argue that an ultrasound is perhaps a lot more straightforward than other types of scans. And yes, that's right. And what I like about the ultrasound is the ability to get your results there. And then you can choose whether you look at the screen or not. Well, I know sometimes, depending on where the ultrasound is applied, it might be difficult for you to look at the screen, but information about what can be found is a lot more instant. I like that. I find waiting excruciating. I find it torturous. It brings my anxiety on even more and it blocks my life. However, there is also anxiety because of being able to look at the screen and of being able to see what's going on directly myself. That can be traumatizing with a little T or with a big T. But I've decided I look at the screen. On one occasion I didn't. And I regretted it ever since, because whenever I talked about the cancer that was found in my breast, I didn't really know about the location. I got it written down in a letter later on, but I never really knew where to feel in order to monitor what was happening inside the breast. So I've decided I'm going to do the hard thing and I will look myself and I will ask questions. And I am already preparing the type of questions that I want to ask. And I'm preparing what I would like to have done, depending on the different scenarios of what might be found or not. Now, this program is recorded, as I said, a few days before the ultrasound, and it will be broadcast a few weeks afterwards. So by the time you hear this show, I will know what's going on and my life might have changed drastically or not. And here's the other thing about cancer anxiety and dealing with health uncertainty. Do we put our lives on hold? Do we live from one scan to the next? Can we plan ahead? Can we take on commitments? Can we dare look ahead towards something nice that might be happening, it is really difficult and it took me a while to be able to take on commitments that occur beyond a checkup date. It has taken me a while to think ahead about simple things like holidays or what are we going to do for Christmas or Easter commitments towards my family and indeed commitments towards my clients and the work that I do. Being a psychotherapist and depending on the work you do where other people depend on us, we have to be quite clear to ourselves and to others in terms of what we can offer. 
It took me a while after the first diagnosis and also after the second diagnosis to return to work. I needed to be very clear in myself whether this is something that I can take on and I have to monitor myself and I am well enough to do it right now and if things change then I have to review and make new decisions about what I want to do next and discuss it with all those involved. So by breaking down the different areas of the anxiety I feel, I feel a lot more clear. There are a lot of things that I see that I don't like. I don't want to be in this position in the first place and neither do you. But by making things clearer, I feel also a lot more empowered and a lot more clear about what it is that I can and I need to do. Things becoming clearer doesn't always mean they become easier straight away, but in the long run, for me, that's the best position to be in. When we deal with health anxiety or cancer anxiety, there are also moments of denial and I think I have those too, especially sometimes when it all gets too much. When we walk down the street and we are part of a whole range of people, we go shopping, we are on public transport, you name it, and we look the same and we do the same activities, but we see life in a very different way and we experience life in our bodies in a very different way and it can be very disheartening and it can make us distraught and angry even. Why am I different? Why do I behave differently? I don't want to. I want to be just like the rest and I'm going to be just like the rest and then we might do things that are perhaps not good for our bodies or that take a lot of energy away from us. And then there is going to come a wake-up call and we realize actually the reality is in some ways we are very much like other people, in other ways we are very different. Depending on your circumstances, you may regard yourself as a cancer patient. I am a cancer patient at the moment, even though I work, but I have to live my life accordingly and I have to be very careful and I can't take things for granted. You may regard yourself as a cancer survivor, as a cancer thriver, as somebody living with or beyond cancer. There are many different ways of terminology that we all can use and it can also change over time. But whatever label you use, however you identify yourself, you will be aware of uncertainty and the uncertainty comes with anxiety and fear. So perhaps it might be useful to give you some more specific pieces of suggestions. Um, and advice in terms of how you can deal with your uh, cancer anxiety. The first piece is there is no blueprint. You have to work out what is best for you under different situations. It doesn't always get easier. I find it's always different. I find 
depending on what is going on, since the cancer has come back, the anxiety certainly is very different. My scan again is in May. All my diagnoses have happened in May. So this is always um, a nervous time for me. Personally, I have no other commitments on the day of the scan. In the past, this couldn't be avoided and sometimes it is unavoidable. But where I can, I now always make sure I book a scan on a day that I don't work and I don't book in any other commitments or engagements with anyone else. I want to have a free schedule and I want to have freedom to deal with whatever may or may not be coming my way. I personally try and avoid peak time travel. I have to use public transport. I always go on my own. It's just the way things are. It's easier for me. But some people prefer to have company and to have somebody in the consulting room with them. If you have an MRI or a CT scan, if you are in a scanner for a long period of time, do make sure you feel comfortable. I always ask for at least one warm blanket. And I try and prepare myself. I feel personally, I feel claustrophobic very easily. I always have to have my eyes shut. I don't want to look um, at what is happening above my head. Um, and I try and go into a different film. I try and go into a setting that I like. I try and imagine I lie on a piece of grass and I have to monitor my breathing. I have to monitor my mind because I know it's going to play tricks on me. My mind is going to say, I've got to sneeze. I've got to go to the toilet. I've got an itch. And if I carry on like this, I will feel an itch. So as soon as those thoughts come, I don't engage with them. I try and ignore them and often they disappear. I always tell myself there is a beginning to this and there is an end to this. And every second, every minute goes towards the end. Everything will be well. Sometimes I even fear that the whole machine will collapse down onto me, especially when it makes, you know, uncomfortable noises. Again, it's my mind playing tricks. I know it and I try not to give in to it. So be aware that leading up to such occasions, your anxiety levels will rise. It can happen weeks before, days before certainly on the day. Try and live accordingly. Be mindful of what you eat and drink. Be mindful who you have conversations with or not. Be mindful what you do or don't do. Having cancer is frightening and your life will remain uncertain for the rest of your life. We might die of cancer or we might not die of cancer. We might have a clear diagnosis or prognosis. We might not. We might understand things. We might not understand things. We might want to know a lot or a little. 
And all of this can also vary depending on our circumstances, what else is going on in our lives. I would always recommend, do not suffer in silence, ask questions, even if you think you might be a bad patient, even if you're worried about the answer that you might get. Suffering in silence and worrying, perhaps sometimes for no good reason, disempowers us. It's wasting the time that we have to perhaps help ourselves and to do good for ourselves. We have just scratched the surface with anxiety and if you listen to my program Cancer and You, the topic of anxiety is always lurking in the corners somewhere. It's part of the whole experience. I hope today has given you some useful thoughts and some ideas. I hope to be able to welcome you back here again. Let's see what the future brings for all of us. Look after yourselves, take good care, and I'll speak with you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Cancer and You with your host Karen Seeger. You can follow Karen on Twitter, at Karen Seeger. Catch up with her articles, videos, and work via her website, karenseeger.com. That is K-A-R-I-N-S-I-E-G-E-R. We look forward to welcoming you here again next time.